I'm David Alexander, joined by host Tony Kalinowski. Welcome to the Retirement Insiders, where we'll share key insights today for your retirement journey. All right, and we're back for another Key Insights for today. This is where I take a one-on-one conversation with Tony, and we're talking about an important topic. It's hot outside, and also there's another thing that's hot, and that is the news and the media. Everything right now feels like it's wild right now, doesn't it, Tony? It it feels really uh, a little out of control because we have uh, economic news, we have war news, we have China news. Uh, We have shooting news. We have a lot of things that just are piling on right now to all of us. And it's uh, it's it's an interesting time for all of us. And I think that the, the, the hard part about the news today is that consuming news is really unavoidable. Um, it's coming at us from all directions. There's TV news, there's social media, we get pop-ups on our phone, it's all around us and it's 24 hours a day. I mean, we get up to the minute on every single news event and um, too much of it can be a problem. Yeah. I mean, it, it really gets us to a point where we are perhaps uh, overloaded by news. And uh, to me, I mean, I think about Uh, other things that we could be overloaded with that might start out to be a good thing, but end up as a bad thing because we get too much of it. Food, for instance. Now, we need food to survive, right? Uh, We need water to survive. But if we were fed a steady diet of food and drank so much water that we overloaded ourselves, we would either die or shorten our life consistent uh, considerably due to obesity or heart disease or diabetes and exercise is another thing you know i see a lot of people who exercise moderately um, and others who overdo it and then i see those same people with a lot of injuries Um, they're fighting back against things that have happened to them so i think the media is like that as well we um we take that media information in because we care. We, we want to be informed. Um, we care about other people, and we want to know uh, what's going on in the world. And I think we give the media a pass because as its history has been over, over maybe 30, 40, 50 years ago, a reliable source of information when it was very confined. But now that it's 24 hours a day, it's got a lot of opinion in it. It's got a lot of situations where reporters are interviewing reporters and giving their opinions. And to me, that's not news. So to base decisions on our lives based on what we're seeing on TV or seeing on social media, to me, that's dangerous. Oh, absolutely. And you know, you have a journalism background, Tony. At the end of the day, when you were growing up, it was quite different, right? I mean, how much program television did you have back then versus what we have today? Yeah. For, from a news standpoint, I think we had like an hour a day. Um, There was the evening news with guys like Walter Cronkite, and then there was the local news with the local newscaster. So you got an hour of news, and then the newspaper came. And, you know, as a young kid, I read some of the newspapers. I probably read the sports more than anything else, but my dad would read the newspaper every night. Um, But I think where we are today, um, this overload has caused a great deal of stress. It causes physical issues with people with stress we know can be a killer um it causes high blood pressure heart disease depression anxiety uh sleep challenges it can even lead to some addictions so we have to be very careful about how much screen time we have and and we have to recognize too that um news is designed 
especially television news and social media news to keep us to keep our eyeballs on the screen because that's how they get paid. You know, advertising pays the bills and advertising revenue is driven by market share and the number of people who are looking at a specific site. Um, so they're focused on things that will keep us attuned. Uh, and the last thing I'll say is when I was growing up, we had one TV. But today, <laughs> TVs are so cheap that there's one in every room. So I see in a lot of households and a lot of offices that the TV is constantly on. It's constantly on a news source, and that constantly is feeding. I mean, you can't even go to a restaurant sometimes and sit and have a, a beverage without the TV being on somewhere nearby. Absolutely. And, you know, this impacts everyone, Tony. I mean, it impacts our retired listeners. It impacts uh, their kids. It impacts their grandkids, right? Mm -hmm. So oftentimes mm -hmm. you look and we see um, little babies, you know, well, what, what are we going to, what are we going to do with, what are we going to do with the, the grandkids, you know, or whatever. It's like, you know, get, <laughs> Give that the grandbabies need like interaction. Yeah. It's not just listening and looking at a television screen or being able to interact in that way. So I just think it's such an important topic for us to to unpack because you're right. The media gets a pass. And if we look at health if and and those overindulgences and their negative impacts, we have to be realistic for our families, for the next generation, and looking at how media impacts our mental health. So we're going to have to do a part one and part two on this. I like it. Uh, but before we jump into kind of the emotional side, I want to talk about the financial impact of the media and what you've seen as a counselor for families as a financial coach. Yeah, well, I would just answer that question with a question to you. Um, when was the last time you were emotionally charged up? Maybe you were angry or fearful or sad. Um, think about that time. Can you remember a circumstance? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of circumstances. But anytime I walk past, I, and this is the reason why I tell you I try to not watch television, if I'm honest, because anytime I walk past one, it feels like there's something negative going on that stirs me up. Uh, so recently, probably, it's been uh, the gas prices. It's been the fears of, hey, well, what's you know, what's going to happen within this inflation point and, you know, the stock market, right? Just looking at it continually, um, you know, hasn't been been the best for my peace, I'll, my peace of mind. I'll just say it like that. That's true. And I think that when we're very emotionally charged up or even have this overhang of light stress on ourselves, we don't make great decisions. We make emotional decisions. We make snap decisions, and they might be poor, and they might be uninformed. Um, so, you know, I've seen in my field of financial coaching, people make rash decisions about their investments based on a limited amount of information that they may have seen. I'll get a call and say, I read this, or I saw this on TV, um, and or I saw this newsletter that I got for free, and it says this. And I, I so I, I've seen them make decisions, and what they often and the, the when the fear aspect comes into play, it it turns into a progression of thoughts of how worse, how bad can it be? What's the worst case scenario? Okay, and actually, um, psychologists have a, a name for this. They call it fortune telling, because it's when you find yourself worrying about something, in effect, saying. I can predict the future. I think the worst case scenario is this, and I've decided without real basis that that is going to happen, so I'm going to make some decisions based on that. Um, and so you, people are consumed by that worst case scenario that might happen, which might have a very low percentage 
chance of happening versus looking at the true research and what history has shown us. I love it. And, you know, the truth is, uh, you know, Tony, you are, you know, loving towards people. You care about your clients, but you look at the facts, right? When it comes to the financial uh, analysis, right? Um, and I know you continually look uh, at a variety of set of data points every single day to make sure that your current relevant and can help within making the best decisions for those that you steward. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and I've, I've become very cynical after being in this business for 35 years. Uh, I've read the good and the bad and, and being cynical and looking at every piece of information and wondering what, what does it actually say? Does it say if this and this and this happens, which none have happened yet, then this very bad thing could potentially happen. So you're taking three things that haven't happened, you're adding those together, and you're talking about some horrible thing that could happen. And frankly, most people just remember the horrible thing. Okay, that's yeah. all that's stuck in their mind. Um, if the war progresses the way it does right now in Europe, it could lead to nuclear holocaust. We know that war is not good. It's a horrible thing that's going on right now. Will it get there? Hard to say. Can't predict the future. But let's not jump to those conclusions as a way of making decisions. Um, so what I would recommend for people is, you know, listen closely to what you're hearing and also look closely at what you're reading and how it's written. Are the sources reliable? Um, are they experts or are they biased individuals that have an agenda of some sort? Now, we see a lot of newsletter writers that do have an agenda. They're selling something. So those really make me a little crazy. Um, seek alternate opinions on your own. I would more suggest people search out their own Internet research um, or rather news sources that they trust and feel are reliable rather than kind of just take the news that's thrown at them every single day on the TV. I've experienced uh, five bear markets, which are severe downturns in the market in my career as a financial coach. And while they're all just a little different and their catalysts are all different, they do follow a certain pattern of greed and fear. And you can see it happen with investors through that cycle. Um, but there, those kinds of periods are also followed by strong investment returns. Now, I'm not a fortune teller and I can't say when you know our current market conditions will improve. But by following trusted research and remaining unemotional, my odds of making better decisions improve. And, you know, I think people, one of the things they pay me to do is be unemotional, be rational, be logical in making investment decisions on their behalf. So, Tony, you've been at this for a long time. Are there any stories of individuals that you've seen uh, really kind of emotionally charged, as you mentioned, you know, from the media, different things, perhaps, uh, and they didn't make the best financial decision. Yeah. Fortunately, I've never seen anyone just kind of cripple themselves, which is good. Um, what I have seen is a, a poor decision that might result in not so good short term and maybe kind of affecting their long term returns. Uh, the situation that most recently comes to mind during COVID had one individual who I coach who um, lived in a state w was very restrictive, couldn't leave his house, um, was was basically tied into watching this news all day long and and um, <clears throat> was not working at the time because his company was closed down and, and just couldn't take that isolation, you know, and all the immersion in news 
uh, very well. And he just called one day and said, I just want to sell everything. I think the worst is yet to come and I, I don't want to be in anything anymore. And so, you know, my, my job usually in that circumstance is to ask three times in three different ways, are you sure you want to do this? And he was insistent. And when I get that message, I have to take action. Unfortunately, his decision came almost spot on near the bottom of the market. And that meant after that, the market started to take off. Now, um, we didn't leave it at that. About two months later, I called him after things were starting to settle out with COVID and it looked like the markets were recovering. And I said, can we start to put this money back to work? And he agreed. And then later uh, in that same year, uh, he called me and said, don't ever let me do that again. So I think, you know, people can get into an emotional state where they just don't feel like they're, they don't act rationally. And you can't, you know, you can't um, feel, feel like you've, uh, you do your best to help them in that circumstance, I think is what you do. You do your best to help them in that circumstance to get through that period of time, just as I would do anybody else going through a, a stressful and emotional situation. Correct. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Tony, this has been a great key insights for today. And we're going to follow up with a part two to talk on the deeper side on how media impacts your mental health. Thanks, David. Thank you for joining today's conversation. To learn more about Tony and services offered through RBF Wealth Advisors, visit the retirementinsiders.com, where you'll also be able to listen to past episodes. Please note, Securities offered through Triad Advisors, LLC, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through RBF Wealth Advisors, Triad and RBF Wealth Advisors are not affiliated companies.